0: Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of the soon, coming soon, January 2021 The World According to Corey, an unofficial Boy Meets World podcast. Now, I don't have a theme song yet. I am in the process of kind of working out the kinks and deciding what I want to do with that. But I thought Thanksgiving's next week. What great way to celebrate the holiday than to cover Season 4, Episode 10's Turkey Day, which aired on November 22nd, 1996. And before I officially jump into the nuts and bolts of this episode according to IMDb, I also want to give you guys a heads up what I'm doing. So I haven't officially started the podcast I'm doing Turkey Day for Thanksgiving, and then in December, I'm doing A Very Topanga Christmas, which I believe is from season five. And then I officially start the podcast in late January with the pilot episode. I'll be doing two episodes a month, and I know that doesn't sound like much, but i still have other podcasts that I'm continuing to focus on. Once I get uh, done with some of those, then I will be doing more of Boy Meets World. And how I'm doing it, I'm not going through all the episodes. I won't be covering all the episodes. I will be just doing select episodes that I've chosen based on. I kind of want to get to doing themes with... The Cory and Topanga arc, which will be split into different categories. Also, I'd like to do episodes of Sean and, you know, some of Eric. There are some good Eric episodes in the beginning, I feel. And some good, you know, Corey episodes and just, you know, of the, you know, and Amy and Alan. This podcast, The World According to Corey. This is going to be an alternative to other Boy Meets World podcasts that are out there that are not really family friendly. I do really try to steer with half of my podcasts being family friendly, the ones that are on the Punky Power podcast, as well as the Full House Fuller House podcast, Silver Spoons podcast, the continuation of the Different Strokes to Move the World podcast, which we'll be starting back up. In January, I will be covering four episodes a month that's going to be taken over for the podcast Silver Spoons because that podcast is coming to an end at the end of December, at the end of next month. So now that I've let you on to my plans for the coming 2021 year and the remainder of 2020, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this episode. As I've said, after learning about prejudice among the tribes of Africa, Corey and Sean want to have their families celebrate Thanksgiving together. Okay, yes, this episode aired November 22nd, 1996. It has a 7.9 out of 10 rating based on 157 ratings. See who we have for guest stars. Yes, we do have Morgan Matthews, number two, played by Lindsay Ridgway. We have Chet Hunter as Sean's dad. We have Verna Hunter as Sean's mom. We have Ned Bellamy as Luther, which I swear I've seen this guy and stuff. Ethan Suppley plays Frankie. We have E.J. D. Lep- Tina is Herman Stachio, so Frankie's little brother. We got K.E. Cooter, or Cooter, K-U-T-E-R Herbert, and Christian J. Mioli is Carl. I'm guessing that the family is going to be celebrating with the hunters. The hunters live in the trailer park, and these are other members of the trailer park. I remember seeing this episode most likely on DVD when I was, um, watching the episode, when I got the box set about five, six years ago? And there had been a lot of episodes of Boy Meets World that I don't remember watching. I remember watching in the very beginning, but from the point where they, even before they graduate high school, and they get married, they go to college and all that So I... Dead stuff, I, I don't remember any of it. It's like I jumped the ship off of Boy Meets World and why would I do that? I don't know. Because Boy Meets World would have ended, I believe, in 2000. So this episode was directed by Jeff McCracken. Writers, Michael Jacobs, the creator. We have April Kelly as another creator and Susan Estelle Jansen as the writer for this episode. One piece of trivia. This episode takes place in November 1996. Let's jump into some. I love to read the user reviews. This one is by Chrissy Elizabeth 14563. It was published November 1st, 2019. So this review is about a year old. It says warning spoilers. Gives this a 10 out of 10 and titles it Powerful. I once again have to give Ryder Strong props for his acting in this episode. Once, uh, Once again, we see tremendous growth for Sean and Corey, and I love how open and honest the whole dinner scene at Frankie's trailer is. The conversation between Sean and Corey here touched my heart. You know, Cor, I think for once our ignorance is working for us. What you mean if we knew better? We wouldn't be friends? Yeah then I'm glad that we don't. I'm glad that my parents taught me to like people for who they are and not where they come from, even if they weren't lucky enough to grow up like that themselves. I'm grateful that you are my friends. This shows shows tremendous growth for both Corrine and Sean, and I also loved Morgan and Eric's blessings in this scene. The thing I loved most, though... Was Sean reading his paper at the end and his genuine shock at Mr. Feeney's praise and the fact that he's gotten an A on the assignment? Ooh, cool. All right, and the next review also gives us a 10 out of 10 and titles it Heartwarming. This review, December 12th, 2019, by Salty 4882. Warning spoilers. The first scene with the two crazy monkeys making sassy comments on Feeney, then bragging of being the winners to finish by arguing over the stuffing box just cracked me up. They were totally out of control on this episode. At this point, they just became Siamese twins. They're so hilarious together. I'm sure they were close in IRL in real life. It isn't possible... Or isn't... Possible... Being in that kind of osmosis on screen without having it in real life. IRL. Just the best friendship ever. Also, I feel in the stuffing box part. (laughs) I feel them in the stuffing box part. Really nice episode portraying tolerance and what really Thanksgiving is about. What really Thanksgiving is about. It's never the way, nor the social class, where someone has been raised into which makes him... His worth as a person, but his very own essence. As simple as that, and still all around the world, we still can see simple-minded people spreading everywhere who don't get that simple and inherent fact. Wonderful episode to make us love even more Corey and Sean friendship. I like that review. I like them both. Honestly, they're really, really good. And I can't remember the last time I would even watch this. It would have been years ago, probably, like I said, when I was working my way through Season 4. So, I will be setting up a Facebook page for the podcast. Um, As far as Instagram, it's mainly going to be on the LBOM, Wonder Years Podcast Instagram page, and the Punky Power PB Podcast page. And it will also, it will mainly, if you're looking for the podcast, it's going to be on one of those two SoundCloud pages. So, whether you're an avid listener of the Punky Power page or SoundCloud feed or the Wonder Years one, you're going to get th- the same episode on both. So. No, I'm also I'm not going to have an email address specifically for this podcast. I'm just going to so you can you'll send emails to either the Punky Power PB Podcast at gmail or the LBOM Wonder Use Podcast at gmail for your thoughts and feelings and opinions on episodes and characters, or if you have insight on the like I said on the episodes that I cover. So without further ado, let's jump into Turkey Day. Alright, so we come out of the intro. So, we kick off this episode in Phoenix classroom. He is talking about the conflicts between... In Burundi, he tells the class that there's a conflict, which is also spilling into Rwanda. And he has the words class differences underlined, which of course does play into the theme of this episode aside from Thanksgiving. Cause you have Corey Matthews' family who lives in the suburbs, and you have Sean Hunter and his family who live reside in a trailer park. We get to Corey who is just looking at Feeney like he's making this stuff up. And Sean says, yeah, he's finally run out of stuff to teach. <laughs> So he calls this the Burundian conflict with censor, cen, centers on class differences. the poor Hutus and the rich Atutis. <laughs> I love <coughs> excuse me, Sean and Cory's commentary. During <laughs> Feeney's class, as John's like, we're well, gonna have to put a bag over his head and drag him out of the classroom. We also see Rwanda, the Tutas, the have, and the Uganda, the Hutus, the have not. So, Feeney puts down his blackboard pointer, turns to the class, and he tells them that they are expected to do a paper on the conflict. Of the conflict between Rwanda and Uganda over Thanksgiving break. Now, I can see as a student, definitely, I would be like, seriously, you're giving us homework over the holidays. Ugh. And Mr. Fendi wants to congratulate the students, his class, on an amazing food drive, we see two cardboard boxes that are filled to the brim, almost just spilling over the top, and they say, Sean Hunter on one of them, and of course, Corey Matthews on the other. And Mr. Feeney is praising them, saying you've shown real generosity, and selflessness, and I love how Corey and Sean are just eating this up. Like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going with the praises and the compliments. <laughs> Corey is, like, fake filing his nails, and we got Sean with his head leaning back, and he's kind of, like, using his fingertips to kind of flick the side of his, ch- underneath his chin, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The minute, the second that Feeney congratulates he announces the winners, Corey Matthews and Sean Hunter. The boys are out of their seats and doing a dance. Like, yeah! A little congratulatory dance. Like, I knew it was me. <laughs> I'm so great. Vanga's got a beef here. She turns around and says, Mr. Feeney, this is so unfair. They keep turning in the same cans year after year. So, Sean chucks it up to... His family gives food to the food bank, the food bank turns around and gives the food back to Sean's family, and then Sean gives it back to the food bank. It's the whole circle of food bank. (laughs) So Corey, oh, will we win Mr. Feeney? And Mr. Feeney pulls out a turkey and a box of stuffing. Corey takes the turkey and Sean gets the stuffing. Now, I'm trying to remember, if we did have something like this, it probably would have been in elementary school. Maybe I brought a can of something. But I, when I was living with my dad, the only groceries he got were the groceries that we were going to consume. So with that, the bell rings, the class is dismissed, and Mr. Feeney shouts above the bell. now don't forget that paper I told you to write.
1: I'm sure you're all aware of the conflict in Burundi, which is now spilling over into Rwanda and Uganda. He's making these names up. He's finally run out of stuff to teach. The Burundian conflict centers on class differences between the poor Hutus and the richer Tutsis. We're going to have to put a bag over him and drag him out of the room. That way we save his dignity. Class differences, the strife between the have and the have-nots. A perennial source of misery on our planet. Another source of misery, I expect each of you to do a paper on this topic during Thanksgiving break. He's trying to drag us down with him. But before we break for the holiday, I want to congratulate you all on this year's food drive. I mean, you've shown real generosity and selflessness. That said, this year's winners are Corey Matthews and Sean Hunter. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> Mr. Feeney,
2: this is so unfair. They just keep turning in the same cans year after year.
3: Hey, my family gives them to the food bank. The food bank gives them to my family. My family gives them back to the food
1: bank. It's life in the food bank chain. Ah, uh, so what do we win, Mr. Feeney? You want a turkey oh. and a box of stuffing.
0: Ooh! So they're disappointed by the turkey, but they love Have the stuffing. Have a wonderful
1: holiday and don't forget that paper.
0: You know, rewatching it, I'm like, they look kind of disappointed at the turkey. Well, probably because they figure the family's already got a turkey, so we don't need this, but we do need the stuffing. And as class lets out, Corey's like, hey, Sean, why don't you take the turkey and I'll take the stuffing? Because. Sean's holding that stuffing box like he's holding it in a death grip. He's (laughs) not going to want to give it up so easily. yeah, they get into an argument about the stuffing. Like, everybody loves stuffing. It's not Thanksgiving without stuffing. Speaking of stuffing, I probably should buy some if I want to have some. And they get so many different kinds of stuff uh sto- stuff stuffing. There's there's cornbread, there's chicken, there's turkey, there's Italian herb, there's unsalted, there's low sodium, there's probably gluten free. There's so many variations of stuffing. What is your stuffing preference? I mean, you already got turkey. Do you want to go with turkey stuffing? Or do you want to go with chicken stuffing? Are you liking the cornbread? So let's put that in with the stuffing. I am I am honestly, I'm kind of leaning towards the cornbread. Even though I'm kind of making my own little cornbread bake thing. I don't know. I just... What is the typical most popular, chicken or turkey stuffing? I always think like, well, it is Thanksgiving. You're having turkey while well, you conclude it with a you know, turkey stuffing. But everyone has their own preferences. I wanna I'm gonna look that up right now. I wonder if there's what's more popular the turkey or what's the more popular stuffing. Apparently there's more flavors of stovetops than I thought humanly possible. There's chicken There's whole wheat, there's lower sodium chicken, savory herb, pork, cornbread, cranberry stuffing. Okay, that's interesting. Everyday stuffing. Uh, What's that one? Signature classic, turkey, let's see, traditional sage. Yeah, there's a huge ve so so many options if you're Ooh, that looks yummy. Ultimate leftover Thanksgiving <laughs> Stuffle. Oh, it's a recipe. Oh, that kinda looks like what is that? It's like a stuffing like waffle underneath a couple slabs of turkey meat. Interesting. So So Sean suggests they flip a coin, and Corey's like, Well, yeah, but I might lose. And Sean says, Well, Corey, you could, possibility you could win. And Corey's like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to do that. That's just too risky. And Sean suggests, Well, there's got to be a way that we can both have stuffing. It's literally the battle of the stuffing. So Corey suggests we both have things. We both have stuffing together. And Sean brings up, well, I gotta have Thanksgiving with my folks. Corey suggests, you know, we can have Thanksgiving together. And Sean brings up the fact that their families barely know each other. And Corey says, what better time for them to get acquainted than on Thanksgiving Day? I don't think this is gonna fly with either the Matthews or the Hunter family. So Sean and Corey actually... Like, this sounds like a great idea. It's gonna be the first Matthew Hunter Thanksgiving dinner. And then we get to see Corey having a conversation, trying to convince Amy and Alan to do a comb- a combo Thanksgiving dinner with the Hunters. Like, I think it's a great idea. And we also get to see Sean also trying to get his parents to agree, like, hey, let's have the the Matthew's over. I think it'll be great for us to finally sit down and break bread together. I mean, Corey's my best friend. It's about time our families actually met and had a conversation. Uh, Sean, you can
3: have the turkey. I'll take stuffing. But I want stuffing. Well, of course you want stuffing. Everyone wants stuffing. Stuffing's the best part. I'll flip you for it. I don't want to lose. You might win. But you see, if I lose, then I don't get stuffing. There must be worth way <laughs> for both of us to have stuffing. There is it. There must be. Impossible. Yeah. There's stuffing and you either have it or you don't. <laughs> Unless We get more stuffing? No, I'd want that too. What I'm getting at is that we both have stuffing together. But it's Thanksgiving. i got to be with my family. Well, me too. Don't you see? That's perfect. We can have Thanksgiving together. But our families barely know each other. And what better time for them to get acquainted? Huh? Okay, okay. It'll be the first Hunter Matthews Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be great. I don't want it. Come on, it's Thanksgiving. A time of thanks and giving
4: it's a family <laughs> holiday well
3: the hunters are a family we're a family we can be families together i'll tell you one thing over at the hunters they are absolutely delighted about having thanksgiving
5: with us
6: yeah right do i look
3: delighted <laughs> oh come on how can we all spend thanksgiving
5: together because it is unnatural to mix the classes son you're tampering with the primal force of nature why <laughs>
4: i've been getting together with the matthews is a wonderful idea
5: Have you been drinking?
4: I don't see anything wrong about having contact with a better class of people.
5: Better? Well, now we get to it. You are a social climber.
4: Say what you will, but they're coming.
5: Over my big dead body.
4: (laughs) Yeah,
0: so let's go a little deeper into this. (laughs) As we see Corey at the kitchen table with his folks trying to convince them. And Alan's like, I don't want to do this. And Amy brings up the fact that it's a family holiday. Yeah, and and Corey brings up the fact that it's Thanksgiving, a time for thanks and giving. When Amy says it's a family holiday, Corey kind of comes at it with like, well, we're a family, the Hunters are a family, we can all be a family together. And oh Corey, he doesn't even know how it turned out with Sean and his folks. Like, I'll tell you what, at the Hunters, they are absolutely delighted to be having us over. They they're just they love the idea. And we cut to Sean and his folks and Chet's he tells Sean, "Do I look delighted?" And this is where he brings up the whole It's not right to mix classes. And, but Verna, Sean's mom, is for it. Like, I think it's good to mix with the different class of people. And Chet calls her a social climber. And she's like, I don't care what you say. They're coming to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and Sean is baffled. Like, why can't we all just have Thanksgiving together? And Chet says it's unnatural, unnatural to mix classes. And Chet tells Sean that he's tampering with the primal force of nature. And right away, Verna steps up and is like, you know, I think getting together with the Matthews is a wonderful idea. And Chet asks, have you been drinking? It's like, no, buddy, she hasn't been. And she tells him that she doesn't see anything wrong with having contact with a better class of people. You never know. The Matthews family values may rub off on the hunters. They each can learn something from each other. If each is willing to give of themselves. You give a little, you get a little. Chet accuses Verna of being a social climber. Ugh... Verna puts her foot down and says, they're coming. I don't care what you say. And Chet looks at her right in the eye and says, over my big dead body. I'm like, oh, we don't want to get there yet. That is, Corey and Sean meet in the kitchen and they're both just grinning ear to ear. Like, oh, my family's totally on board. And Corey says, yeah, mine is too. No, they're not. And Corey says, oh, it's going to be great. And they turn away from each other and it's just like, oh, God. This is not going to go well. They both know that putting two different classes of people might be a little little on shaky ground. You know, everyone's got their own beliefs and how they look at things and how they do things. And yeah. But you know, once you get past that, you kind of, you know, mix and match and you find common, you find common ground. You work out the differences. You give and you get.
3: My folks are totally up for it. Mine too. It is going to be great.
0: (laughs) We are in the kitchen with Amy and Morgan at the kitchen table. Alan's just getting off the phone with Vera Hunter who's kind of giving them a pre-Thanksgiving tip to let them know (laughs) that they're dealing with some animal control issues particularly a goat that's running around and she tells them don't wear red and don't make any sudden jerky movements. Wow, I didn't know goats are, uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought goats were colorblind. They're not. I don't, I don't know. It seems like something that you would like do if you were facing down a bull. Like, oh, don't wear red. Don't have anything red. Oh, and Try to stay still. Don't make any jerky movements. Oh, I just noticed Amy's wearing a red sweater. And she says to Alan, maybe we should wear camouflage. And Alan says, that upsets the bear. Oh gosh, there's a bear at the trailer park too? Oh my goodness. So there's a knock at the back uh, door and Alan opens it because we see Frankie's out there. One of uh, Harley Kiner's cronies, you know, Frankie and Joey, but it's just Frankie there. And uh, the look on Amy's face is just a surprise. Like, who's this kid? Why is he? Oh. This isn't normally one of my either of my sons' friends. And Frankie's a big guy. He's like he's tall, but he, and and you know, he's he's pretty heavy set. And I like. When he comes in, it's like, "Hello, Mr. Matthews," and he ju- he does look very imposing to the point where Alan is backing up, <laughs> like, uh, uh, uh. and what's interesting is both Ethan Suppley, who plays Frankie, and Alan, who's played by William Ross. Okay, that is interesting. That not I'll get to this back on this point in a second, but. William Daniels, Mr. Feeney, and William Russ. How did they work that out on the set where they're like one of them's going to be called Bill, the other one's going to be called William or Billy or something. Because I remember like on Little House on the Prairie there's Melissa Sue Anderson who played Mary Ingalls and then there's Melissa Gilbert who played Laura Ingalls. So I think Melissa Gilbert went by Missy or no, Melissa Sue Anderson went by Missy. And then Melissa Gilbert went by Melissa. But anyway, what I was getting to is Ethan Suppley, who plays Frankie, and William Russ, who plays Alan Matthews, were in the movie. They didn't share any screen time. Any screen time. And we only ever saw William Russ and maybe a couple flashbacks of, I believe it was... Was it 1990, I think it's 1998's American History X with Edward Norton and Edward Furlong? Let me double check. It might have been 98. Here we go. I cannot spell to save my butt. 1998, okay. Yes, 1998 it came out. I'm like, oh, that's right. They both were in that movie. I don't recognize anyone else that would have been in Boy Meets World. No, no one else. Okay, so Frankie says, out of respect, I come to you as the father of Morgan Matthews. And he says to discuss, should we say, a dating situation? And I'd be like, wait, what? I'd be looking at Morgan like, what? What's he talking about? No. Alan turns to Amy. He's like, Amy, call the cops. (laughs) And Frankie's like, no, no, Mr. Matthews, please. And he says, Herman. And behind Frankie is this adorable young boy who's got a little bouquet of flowers for Morgan. Oh, my heart. Oh, ho, ho, ho. what a cutie pie. He's so sweet. Uh, and I love how he gave his little brother tips. He says, go ahead, Herman, just as we practiced. Aw. So Herman starts, dear Matthews family, especially the father. So he says he requests the presence of Morgan Matthews. He basically invites her for an after dinner pumpkin pie. Oh. So apparently the word around the trailer park from what Frankie says is that Morgan's going to be there Thanksgiving day. And it's like, what a perfect opportunity for Herman and Morgan to share pumpkin pie. Which reminds me, I gotta get pumpkin pie. I gotta remember to do that. So Morgan looks up at, you know, Amy and Alan. and is like, Mom, Dad, would that be all right? Amy's like, yeah, sure, that'll be fine. And Herman gives Morgan these adorable flowers. Uh, There's some purple flowers and some pink ones and some white ones. And I like they got like this cellophane, you know, wrap. Like when you go and you pick out some flowers, they got like this plastic cellophane around them to keep them in a bouquet. So Frankie takes Herman and says, come Herman, if we're to have a female visitor, we have to clean the trailer. I love him! Frankie and his brother, they're so proper. He says, good day to you, the Matthews. Amy tells them, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. And Frankie says, oh, a word of caution. And Alan says, we know about the goat. And Herman says, do not underestimate him. He is wily. Whose goat is on the loose? Who's goat? Who's got the goat? Leash up your goat.
2: That was Verna Hunter with a little pre-Thanksgiving Day tip. Oh, that's nice.
4: What did she say?
2: Well, apparently there are a lot of stray animals running around the trailer park, particularly this one vicious goat. So, don't wear red, and don't make any jerky movements.
6: Well, maybe
4: we should wear camouflage.
2: That upsets the bear.
4: (laughs)
7: Hello, Mr. Matthews. Out of respect, I come to you, the father of young Morgan Matthews, to discuss, shall we say, a dating situation. Amy, called the cops. (laughs) No, 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 Mr. Matthews, please. Herman? Go ahead, Herman, just as we practiced.
4: Dear Matthews family... Especially the father. I request the presence of Morgan Matthews for an after-dinner piece of pumpkin pie.
7: Word around the trailer park suggests that you will be on the premises Thanksgiving Day.
4: Mom, Dad, would that be okay? That would be fine.
7: Come, Herman. If we are to have a female visitor, we must tidy the trailer. Good day to you, the Matthews.
4: We look forward to seeing you on Thursday.
7: Oh, A word of gentle
2: caution. We know about the goat.
4: Do not underestimate him. He is
6: wily.
0: (laughs) Alright, now we're going to the trailer park as Cory is so excited. He's like, this is going to be so great. You get to finally see where my best friend lives. And everyone is dressed so very, very nicely. So it looks like Amy brought a dish to pass, and then she realizes she left... Her- oh, Alan's got, like, some wine. Oh, that's great. Great. So, <laughs> Amy says she left her purse in the car, and Alan says, Well, what do you need your purse for? And she's like, I just don't want to leave it in the car, okay? And <laughs> Alan's like, Well, I didn't want to leave the car in the car, but we're stuck with it, Okay. <laughs> So, (laughs) Eric says, hey, I can't, I don't believe you two. Why don't you give me the keys to the car and I'll go get the purse. And Alan asks, and when would you be coming back? Eric says, oh, I'm not coming back. And Corey's like, "I, I can't believe you. He says, I am never taking you guys anywhere again. And Amy, of course, says, looks at both, you know, Eric and Al, like, oh, I am so shocked and surprised at your, this family's negative attitude. It's like, hey, you started it with the whole, I don't want to leave my purse in the car. And Morgan says, I have to go to the bathroom. And Amy leans down and says, not here, honey, hold it till we get home. <laughs> loud the Matthews just act like they're so far out of their element it's almost like they act like they've landed on Mars or something so Alan tosses Corey the keys to go get the purse and Corey tells him the Hunter's trailer is just right over there and Eric says oh you mean the trailer that looks like all the other ones and Corey says, yep that's the one Yeah, so to make it even more awkward, because, I mean, they know Sean and everything, but Corey's kind of putting him in a position here. It's like, oh, you guys go ahead. I'll I'll be right back. It's like, because they know Sean, but it's like they don't really know his family. It's just... It's like, let's say, like, your friend were taking you to meet their family for the first time, and they're like, oh, I just gotta, I'll be right back, you just go ahead. Like, no!
3: Talk about awkward! Wow, this is gonna be great. You guys are finally gonna get to see where my best friend lives.
4: Oh, I left my purse in the car.
3: What do you need your purse for?
4: I just don't want to leave it in the car, okay? Well,
3: I don't want to leave the car in the car, but we're stuck with it, okay? I can't believe you guys. Just give me the keys to the car. I'll be more than happy to go and get the purse. And when would you be back? Not coming back. You know, <laughs> I am never taking you guys anywhere again.
4: And I am very surprised by this family's negative attitude. I have to go to the bathroom. It's not here, honey. Hold it till we get home.
3: Purse. <laughs> okay, look. The Hunter's trailer, it's right over there. Ah, the one that looks like all the other ones? Yeah, that's
6: it.
0: So, Amy's asking, like, which one did Carney say it was again? And Alan's say, well, maybe it's this one here. You know, the one with their name on it, because the H is gone, it just says Unters. So it's like, oh, it's gotta be this one. I'm guessing I don't think it's gonna be that one. Even Eric points out, like, dad, this is the Unters. Alan chucks it up to, oh, well, the H clearly fell off during the last tornado, flood, or goat attack. Yeah, not Chet this guy. <laughs> yeah, this is not chat. This is Mr. Hunter. Um, I bet that even pronunciation is not correct. The guy pokes his head out, looks at this clean cut suburban family and is like, oh, uh, are you guys lost? <laughs> and Alan is like, oh, well, isn't this the Hunter's trailer? And... The guy's like, "No, we're the hunters." <sighs> Clearly, if it's not Chet or Verna answering the door, you have the wrong place. Guys, pointing is like right there on the sign under the the light. <sighs> how do I? How, how else can I make this an ending more clearer to you? You are digging yourself into a hole here, Alan. He's like, "Oh, well, naturally, I just thought the H had fallen off." <sighs> Dude, just, just, just take your family and, like, keep searching. I bet it's the one with the turkey on the door right next to that guy. trailer. Oh, this guy, he's got a beef. He actually steps out of his trailer and he looks at Alan and says, Oh, you think if the letter f- fell off, I wouldn't replace it? He's really offended. At Alan's assumption. Alan just chalks it up like, (laughs) we're just lost. (laughs) Friendly people (laughs) lost. (laughs) Uh, Where the heck is Corey? Corey, how long does it take to get your mom's purse out of her car? Did you park a mile away down the road? What's going on? That would make sense. To me, I just get the Matthews family would literally park half a mile down the road and just walk. Like, we don't want to park our car in the trailer park. This guy is really grilling them. He's really... Ugh. He's like, oh, so you guys aren't from around here. I'd be like, well, judging based on their clothes and the fact that Morgan mentions where they live. Great, so now they have your address. They live in Cedar Heights, which is most likely a suburb. This guy's getting snippy with a child. He's like, oh, well, la di da It's like, dude, just go back in your trailer. Where's your Thanksgiving spirit? Granted, yes, Alan shouldn't have made pre- presumptions and assumptions with, oh, oh, I just thought the H fell off your, your name on your trailer there. Uh, I would have just, like, okay, our mistake. We'll be going now. Where is Chet and Sean and Verna? You'd think if they're expecting. Corey and his family, one of them would be outside, like, Hey, hey, guys, over here, over here. Like, sorry, sorry, Mr. Under, they're not from here. And he, he's going over, like, oh, I hear C- uh, Cedar Heights is a uh, pretty nice neighborhood. And Amy finally kind of cuts in, like, oh, well, we're having a Thanksgiving dinner with the Hunters. She puts evidence on the eight Hunters. And Mr. Hunter says, oh, the Chet Hunters. And he's like, oh, yeah, the hunters, yes, they, see, they have an age. Like, we get it. Stop browbeating this family. And Amy's like, yes, uh, yes, we're going to get over there if you would just please point us in the right direction. Yeah, he does not look like he's about ready to give you directions anywhere. And he points, like, oh, yeah, the uh, Chet Hunters live right uh, there. And he points to the one that's got the turkey on the door, which is what I said in the beginning. It's right there with the turkey on the door. So Mr. Under excuses himself, like, oh, I won't keep you any longer. You know, I'm sure they're looking very forward to your visit. I don't know. <laughs> After Mr. Under goes in, Eric just waves, like, like, uh, awkward, majorly.
4: Okay, so which one did Corey say it was? Right. Well, so it was maybe north. it's
2: the one with their name on it. That says the Hunters, Dad. Obviously, the H fell off during the last twist or flood or goat attack. <laughs> uh,
6: hi
2: there. You folks lost? Uh, isn't this the, uh, Hunters trailer? Uh, no. We're the Hunters? Like it says right there on the sign. Oh, naturally, I assume that the H had fallen off. So you think if a letter fell off uh, my name, I wouldn't replace it? Oh, no. no. We're, we're, we're just lost. We're just friendly people lost. So you aren't
5: from around
6: here? We live over in Cedar Heights.
5: Ah, well, la de da. I hear that uh, Cedar Heights is quite the lovely neighborhood.
4: Uh, we're having Thanksgiving dinner with the Hunters. I'll beating that family. The oh, Chet Hunters. Oh, yeah.
5: Now, you see, they have an H. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> yes. So we're just gonna get over there. If you could just tell us where there is.
5: The uh, Chet Hunters live right, um, there. mm mm-hmm. What's up? I, uh, I won't uh, be keeping you any longer because I'm, uh, I'm sure they're really looking forward to
4: your visit...
0: So, right away, I mean, anybody can see that the Matthews family is well out of their element. Not only are they dressed impeccably, but the fact that they're making assumptions and just putting... Not, I wouldn't say not intentionally putting down trailer park life, but it's the best. Amy doesn't want to leave her purse in the car. Ellen doesn't want to leave his, his car anywhere in this area. And the fact that he thinks that the Mr. Unter is so poor that he can't afford to get a letter replaced. Definitely, I mean, this is a very good depiction of what would you... I would call... I would say the Matthews family is middle class and whereas Sean's family is more um the lowerish clash-ish. And I just... I, I can't believe that they couldn't hear any commotion or any voices going on. Like, hey, what's that noise out there? Or someone should go check that out. Alright, so we go inside the Hunter house. Home. And we see it is... Uh, very, very... I love what they've done with what they have. That is really great. They got harvest gold yellow tablecloths. They have paper plates and probably plastic silverware and matching cups all with turkeys on. Oh, I love this! They have a Thanksgiving banner. They have one of those little poofed out colored, you know paper turkeys with a face on it. Vera is dressed up wearing an apron. Chet's dressed up in slacks and a button-down. Sean's also got a button-down over a t-shirt. It's just, everything just looks... And yes, there's a m- mismatch of no, not every single chair looks identical. One's a plastic chair. One's got a vinyl cover. A couple got a vinyl cover on them. The other ones, it's just they probably pulled chairs where they could get them. But I love, it's just, it's beautiful, it's not, really wanted to make it look nice, which is great. I love the work that they put into this. So Sean's the one that opens a door, i see, before he opens a door to the Matthews family, he's like, alright, everyone, nice big smiles, happy, happy now. He opens the door and everyone just comes in. They're all smiles. And it's just like, "Oh!" And I was just thinking, if any of you ever felt kind of nervous about going to someone's place for the first time, especially if it's a gathering with, like, when I went, when, when Jeremy and I were dating... And our first Thanksgiving together in uh, 2004, I went to his family's for the first time. And I was so nervous, I was tempted to back out and just go to my family's Thanksgiving. But I I bit the big one, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I want to show face. We've been dating for over a year now, so it only makes sense. You know, his family wants to meet me. But I just remember that nervousness about, look. Like, oh, oh, I'm so nervous. Because once it's like, once you're in their place, you're in their, You're in their space, and you want to, you know, make sure, you know, you act right, you say, you know, the right things, you don't want to say anything out of turn, have someone be mad at you. Everyone's dressed so impeccably nice. I just, I love it. All right. so Alan shows Chet that he brought a bottle of wine, And Chet brings up the fact that, oh, yeah, this will go great. I mean, we do have a box of wine, you know, cooling in the fridge right now for after dinner. But, yeah, thank you for bringing this wine. Even the wine is, like, they probably get, you know, the boxed sangria wine from, like, Walgreens or, or Rite Aid or something like that. Or the Zinfandel. I'm trying to remember, like, when I worked at a Rite Aid, you know, someone, they'd always get that boxed wine, like White Zinfandel, or Sangria, or those are the only two wines that I can name. But, whereas, Alan, of course, gets it in a bottle. So, Alan kind of pulls the wine bottle out of Chet's hand, like, oh, well, I mean, if you already have one, we don't need this, I can just save it for later. And the both men are trying to be polite, with like, oh, no, I mean, you went all the way of bringing this, we'll, we'll drink this, too. So, Verna kind of jumps in here, sees like the guys are really don't know <laughs> what to do with each other. Like, oh, we can drink here. No, you know, they're trying to be polite and everything. Verna comes in, takes the wine bottle, and says, hey, why don't we take your wine and our wine and combine it into, like, a punch bowl, add some bananas and strawberries, and we'll have our friendship sangria. I like that idea. I don't drink, but I like that idea. She's like, let's put them both together and just, you know, share it. It'll be a Matthews Hunter friendship sangria. Chet is like, nobody wants that, Verna. It's like, come on, Chet, Chet, come on. And you just see the look on Sean's face. It's like, oh gosh, this is going badly. Where is Corey? Where, Corey, where are you? Did they park a mile away from the trailer park? Because even Amy, who's still holding that dish, it's a side dish, maybe green bean casserole or stuffing or something. And even she's like, oh boy. Because now Chet and Verna are kind of arguing. Oh, yeah, bananas and oranges. Okay, not bananas and strawberries. Gotcha. Because Verna's like, we want that, we want that. Oh, she even brings a, talks about bringing out the little pastel-colored umbrellas. Oh, free, oh, I like that. Can't go wrong with the tiny umbrella in your drink. And <laughs> Verna tells Chat to go and get the tiny umbrellas that are in the drawer. Like, you need to uh, go busy yourself with something before I blow my top. So, Verna pulls out a serving tr- platter or tray of a... Uh, It looks like it's like a pecan lock with crackers. And she says, I got this from Hickory Farms, only the best. And I'm like, I would try that. I definitely would try that. I've never had, I don't think I've ever had it before, but I've seen it in the stores. I'm like, that looks like something I could try one day. So I like how Verna is definitely trying to be the peacemaker in all of this. And I'm just also asking myself the question that, it's a million dollar question. We all want to know, where is Corey? Oh, boy. Um, Verna has her moment here as she takes Amy's serving tray with the lid and she's just really admiring the beautiful um, blue-white pattern of this serving tray top. It's like, oh, it's not as... uh, My serving tray is not as beautiful as yours. And she's really taking in the decorative design. And... It's almost like Verna is almost, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, she's kind of, like, putting herself down already. Like, I know this isn't as nice as what you would probably serve at your home. And Amy is trying to make it, like, be polite. And like, oh, no, it's exactly what I might have served. I probably would have served at my home. And Verna can see her, like, no, no, no. And Verna says, no, you're just saying that. You would have served the port wine cheddar and the ceramic crock. And... Eric doesn't exactly help matters. like, yeah, remember you gave it to that mailman one year for Christmas. And I love how Alan takes a cracker and shoves it right into Eric's mouth to shut him up. I mean, you're not really, uh, I know she's trying to, uh, make nice and what she's like, oh, uh, he's not just our mailman. He's, uh, my biological father. And I'm like, uh... And I just I feel bad for Sean because he's just this was supposed to be a thing that he and Corey were doing together to bring both their families together, and it just feels like Sean is like this is just a train wreck. I mean, the guys knew that they their families were going to so mesh. They come from two different sides here. You no, know, between serving boxed wine or bottled wine or a pecan log or a port wine cheese with either a serving dish or a ceramic covered dish. Oh, Amy. And she finishes this thought about, oh, he's my, not just our mailman. He's our, he's my biological father. He he just doesn't know I know. You, uh, you, mmm. I, I wouldn't have added that because now you're you're just kind of making it worse <laughs> and extremely more awkward than it really even already is. So she decides, Verna decides to go buy the croc. Like, I should have bought the croc. You know what? I'm going to go to Hickory Farms and I'm going to go do that. It's almost like Verna's using this opportunity to, I, I, I gotta make myself scarce. I can't handle this. And Chet goes after her. Before she can get out the door, Chet was like, You need to stop this. You're acting like your daffy Aunt Lucy who nobody speaks of. I he's got the little umbrellas in his between his thumb and forefinger. And Verna's really beating herself up. She's like, I just wanted tonight to go well. And I get it because if you think about it, the hunters are hosting Thanksgiving. I don't want to really say their turf but in their home and if you think about it I think that is that does put a bit of pressure on a person you want things to look right you want things to go right you want to say the right things you want people to be generally satisfied not just with their meal but the the table conversation you just your you want your you know your elegant house you want it to look good you want to make sure there's no uh something on the floor. There's no, you know, animal hair on the couch or, you know, something or the dishes aren't left in the sink or the dishwasher. You just want everything. And you want the food to come out perfectly. Nothing burnt, nothing, you know, crispy burnt top or any of that stuff on your food. You just want it to be elegant. And I think in a way, like I said, this is definitely a class struggle between the Matthews who I can see how the hunters think these people, you know, they have it so easy, you know, with, with money and the way that they live, and we they I think they want the Matthews to see like, you know, we're good people, we're, we have you know you know, good values, and you know, our home it may not be a house, and everything like that, but it's a home, and we, and we love each other, and it's just if you think about it in a way when you're you're hosting you know a meal for people it's like you're kinda of putting not just yourself on display you're putting your house you're putting your food on, on display for everyone to to look at and most likely probably even criticize under their breath and it sucks but so Chit pretty much tells Verna look you can't run away from this pro- this you know Sean went to a lot of trouble. Let's just, let, I, you know, I'm here. Let's see this day through. And Verna still thinks that Cheese can turn this around. And Chet says, honey, it's not about what we eat. It's about who we are. And Chet says, it's also about who they are. And we're different. It's like, she knows that. All of you know that you're coming at this from different sides. And Chet finishes up by telling Verna, like, no amount of cheese is going to prove tonight is going to go well. And I told you that. And, of course, here's Corey. Where in the world have you been, son? Seriously. How long? What? Where was your car parked? I wa- clearly a mile away. Because he comes up the, the steps into the... The trailer, and it's all kinds of awkward. You know, Sean's in the middle, his parents are on one side of the trailer, and Corey's parents and family are on the other side. This could not be a farther divide if they were on separate continents.
3: Okay, they're here. Big smiles, everybody.
6: Hi. Hi! How you doing? Hi. Come on in! Nice Thanks, Jim. We're just let take a drink. Wow, we're over at the, uh,
2: hey. Hunter's. Hi. Chet, look, I brought you this really
5: nice bottle of wine. Well, thank you, Alan, but as it happens, we had a very good wine planned for this evening's festivities, excellent wine, a whole box of it, right in the refrigerator. Oh, well, in that case, uh, we don't need to drink this, we'll
2: Drink yours and, uh, save this? No,
5: no, no, no. If you went to the trouble of bringing us wine, the least we can do is drink yours and not ours.
4: You know what would be just special? What do you say we pour both our wines in a big bowl and add some bananas and oranges and have ourselves some friendship sangria?
5: Nobody wants that wine.
6: Yes, we do. We
4: want that. We want bananas and oranges and tiny little pastel-colored umbrellas. Now you go get them. They're in the drawer. May I serve you some more d'oeuvres? This is a year and pecan log with a selection of crackers. It's one of the items I most enjoy from the good people at Hickory Farms. Oh, I would love I'd some. Thank you, Verna.
6: So good.
4: It's great. Hmm. I know it's not as fancy as what you would have served at your home. No, not exactly what I would have served. No, you're just saying that you would have served the port wine cheddar and the ceramic crock. Yeah, remember you gave it to that mailman that one year for Christmas.
6: Shut up, Eric. <laughs> uh,
4: he's not just our mailman. He's my biological father. <laughs> but he doesn't know that I know. Uh, I should have bought the crock. I'm pretty sure Hickory Farms is still open. I'll buy the crock. Uh, burn.
5: Burn. Burn. Right now you're acting as daffy as your Aunt Lucy, who nobody speaks of.
4: I just wanted tonight to go well.
5: Well, it can't go well if you go running off into the night like some kind of cheese crazed banshee oh, now.
4: Can it? Yes, it can. Cheese can turn this around. It's not
5: about what we eat, honey. It's about who we are. And who they are. And we're different. And no amount of cheese is going to change the fact that tonight is not going to go well. And I told you so.
0: So, Chet goes outside and he says to Luther, what was so important that he had to drag me away from my guests? And he goes around the corner of his trailer. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Probably about 9 people there. Which, I'm guessing they are all residents of the trailer park. And I can imagine they probably feel maybe offended, maybe even semi-threatened by the presence of the Matthews family. So, an older gentleman of probably about 60 or so, maybe older, I'm guessing he's been there the longest in the trailer park of anybody. He's probably a wise sage of wisdom. (laughs) A wise old sage. And Chet is just really surprised. Like, oh, this guy's gonna gonna talk to me. He's a little nervous. Like, oh boy. So, it seems like Herbert, the wise old sage, is talking about way, way back when a young man found a piece of land that was perfect for trailers to sit upon and how every neighbor had no more, no less than the others. Everyone was complacent with each other. No one was envious. And that there was peace upon this land until today when the Hunter family brought in the Matthews, the more well-to-do people. And I can see everyone, it seems like he's disrupted the flow of their community by, if you want to refer to, you know, the Matthews family as interlopers... And it just kind of seems like their presence has upset the balance of this community. Well, Herbert calls them outsiders. He says, you've brought outsiders into our midst," And I like how Chet actually goes to bat for the Matthews family. He says, come on, Herbert. They're nice people. And Herbert says, well, they're not from here. And they look down upon us. And Herbert tells Chet we will not tolerate their condescension. So... And Chet means no offense by this, but he thinks that Herbert's pressing some emotional hot buttons to get the rest of the trailer park community riled up. Because everybody on Thanksgiving is out there, and just like, we don't want them here. You need to tell them to go. Oh, Herbert's like, enough with this. Jerry Springer's on. And everyone pretty much disperses. Oh, Luther pats Chet on the shoulder and says, get him out of here, Chet get him out of here now. Like, we don't want civil unrest. Just get the Matthews. The outsiders, if you will, out of here.
5: Now, Luther, what was so important that you had to drag me away from my gas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my stars and garters. Yes, Chet, It is I, Herbert. Uh, Herbert, I hope you simply come to wish me a happy Thanksgiving, and an I've giving you no cause to emerge from your deep seclusion. Once there was a land below the freeway overpass next to the self-storage facility, and men saw that land and they knew that it was good and trailer-ready. And so we gathered here with our families, hard-working men and women of a common purpose, and each family having no more or less than his neighbor. There was no envy and there was no shame. And so there was peace upon this land until today, for you have brought outsiders into our midst. Come on, Herbert. They're they're really very nice people. They are not from here. They look down upon us, and we will not tolerate their condescension. Come on, Herbert. I mean, I don't want to be of a different mind than the multitudes, but don't you think you're pressing some emotional hot buttons just to get the people riled up? They're not. Jerry Springer's on. <laughs> so, uh, get him out of here, Chuck. Get him out of here now.
0: All right. We see uh, the counter space has got that stuffing that Corrine and Sean won. It's got snack crackers, rice checks. Looks like maybe some mayonnaise or some type of sauce. Um, some Cheese. I'm guessing those are little pickles over there in that jar. That's like Cheese Whiz, too. Oh, so she's got more appetizers with Cheese Whiz, Rice Checks,
4: Rice Checks, and an olive with a pimento on it.
0: An olive with a pimento on it. So, I guess these are like kind of like hors d'oeuvres before the turkey. So, Alan takes one. She's like, please just take one. Okay. We cut over to Sean and Corey. And Corey's still ever the optimistic. It's like, see, I told you it would work out. And Sean is just like, this is like an episode of cops waiting to happen. And Alan. Notices, which everyone probably does, you know, the chat's been gone a long time, and Alan's worried, like, oh, do you think there's some sort of problem? So, this is, I'm guessing, Verna's way of stalling the Matthews, like, we gotta keep them here. So, Verna says, oh, I'm sure it's nothing, but I would also like to apologize for my erratic behavior earlier. And she says, I just hope that we can get back to our wiki wiki. <laughs> Hawaiian luau and what did she do? She like brushed her hand over the the rice checks pimento olive cheese whiz (laughs) thingamajiggies, and then she licks her finger oh here comes Chet he's a bursting through the trailer like a tornado like alright everyone get out of here let's go it's just like, well, I hope you all enjoyed your dinner and you had a good time, and well, let's go. Let's do this again next year. And Sean stands up. He's like, Dad, we haven't eaten yet. So, Chet grabs Verna to do some small talk outside of the trailer and kind of let her know what's going on. He also pulls Sean as well. And sh- and Corey's all like, oh, them hunters, they're quirky, but you gotta love them. Like, ugh. Eric, Eric's gotta be a douche here. It's like you did this to us, Corey. You yeah, know I could be home right now in my home, my house, which is <laughs> attached to the ground, by the way. And he's still, he's like pointing at Corey, saying you had to drag us to the center of Looneyville. Alan gets in there, it's like, okay, Eric, that's enough. Yeah, he, he says, I am sure, Eric, I'm sure your brother feels bad enough. Let me talk to him. Like, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> Alan has to bring up the Cowboys and Redskins football game that he's missing right now because they're all there and amy cuts in front of alan and says alan he's just a boy he meant well let me guess she's gonna air her grievances too is morgan gonna get on on, get in on this too okay so amy puts her hands on you know cory's shoulders and says you know honey i know that you and sean are best friends and this is a nice idea, but we just, we've never made friends with Sean's parents. That's the thing with a couple of my friends. My parent, my dad, and, you know, grandma never made friends with my friend's parents or really even wanted anything to do with them because me and my friends in a way, there was a divide there. Uh, A a division of class. Kind of similar to what You know, I was, I would say I was a Corey in the situation and my few friends that I had were kind of like the Sean of the situation. And Corey's trying to understand why his parents and Sean's parents never really were the friendly type towards each other. He's like, why? Because we have more things than they do when dad makes more money than Chet does? He's like, that's why we can't sit down and have a nice meal together? And I like that Corey is really seeing like if you if you scrape away the the class systems and stuff and just see that we're just people and who can't why can't we just sit down and just have a meal together? Why does it have to be about like middle class and and, and lower class and everything? Why is that always gonna be the dividing factor? I like in a way Corey is kind of putting his family on display here of look at all we have and and they don't and you're just that's all you're really looking at when you're looking at Sean and his family is what they don't have like superficial things i'm missing the game or i could be in my house which is attached to the ground and it's just it's just it's it's one day and i get it. i mean you're still with your family i mean yeah i'm sure amy probably wish you could have been home making a turkey and everything I and mean, they're going to have that turkey that turkey that Corey and Sean won. And Alan says something important here to Corey. says, Son, when you get older, you may realize that being right doesn't necessarily change the way that people feel. And in, in ways, that is very true. And it sucks that we can't all just come together as as, as one people and just, you know, be together. Separating the differences and everything, and just there's always it always feels like there's always going to be that dividing line that separates people. Like their differences and opinions are going to be the thing that separates and keeps people from coming together. And I like that Sean, Sean and cory both really don't see it. I mean, it seems like although honestly, it seems like Corey kind of sees it one way. Whereas Sean sees it point blank. I knew this isn't a good idea to bring our folks together. We're just too different. Because now Verna and Sean are getting reamed out by, by Chet. Even, Chet even refers to the Matthews family as aristocrats. Like I, I told you, I warned you this would happen if you invited those aristocrats down here. And Chet... Tells Sean we have a real situation here, and Sean comes back with, So what, are you gonna kick my friend's parents out? And Chet says, No, I'm not gonna kick your friend's parents out, but I am gonna hurry them along. Which he doesn't have to do because it looks like they're all leaving.
4: I have cheese whiz, rice checks, and an olive with a pimento on it. Please. Is that all combined
3: or is that separate? I told you this was a great idea. It's an episode of Cops waiting to happen.
2: chet has been going an awful long time. Do you think there's any kind of problem?
4: Oh, no, I'm sure it's nothing. And I would just like to apologize for my previously erratic behavior. And I just hope we can get back to our uneventful wiki-wiki why well
5: <laughs> what <laughs> well i hope y'all enjoyed your dinner and uh, thanks for coming and well let's do this again next year at some neutral third party air force base <laughs> no, we haven't eaten yet. Uh, of course we haven't eaten why well. our, our guests just have just arrived uh, but this is the small talk part of the evening so y'all talk we'll talk everybody talk talk <laughs> Ah, them hunters.
3: Quirky, but you gotta love them. You did this to us. I mean, I could be at home right now in my nice, comfortable house, which is built into the ground. But no, 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 no. See, so you have to drag us to the center of Looneyville. Eric, Eric, I'm sure your brother feels bad enough. Let
2: me talk to him. Cowboys, redskins. That's a good game I'm missing.
4: Alan, he's just a boy he meant well. Honey, I know that Sean is your best friend, but we never really made friends with his parents. No, yeah, but
3: why, Mom? I mean, just because we have more things than they do? Because Dad makes more money than Sean's dad? That's why we can't sit down and have a nice meal together?
2: Son, you won't realize this till you grow up, but being right is not necessarily enough to
5: change the way people feel. I told you what would happen if you invited them aristocats down here. Now we have ourselves a real situation here.
3: So what? You're just going to kick my friend's parents out?
5: No, I'm not going to kick your friend's parents out. I am, however, going to really hurry them along. (laughs) Hello. What are y'all doing out here, outside, where you could be seen through a scope? We're taking Morgan over to Herman's trailer. Okay. Okay, that'll be fine. Johnny, why don't you go with him and, and show him how we locals like to walk real low to the ground, you know, for fun? <laughs> I'm
6: sorry.
3: I'm sorry, too.
0: <laughs> okay, so it looks like that's right, because Morgan was going to spend time with Herman on Thanksgiving. They are going to share some pumpkin pie. And Chet's all like, oh, what are you doing out here? Because someone could see you. And oh, Sean, make sure you walk low so, you know, no one will see you. Because he tells Sean to go with Corey and Morgan and Eric to Herman's trailer. And Corey and Sean are just like, hey, look, I'm sorry. And Cory tells Sean, like, I- I'm sorry, too. It's like, I tried to bring people together and it just it's not working I mean we all knew it wasn't gonna gel but for one day one day a year when we can all be thankful it's like why can't we just put our differences aside and sit down and break bread together and just be happy in the fact like that we're here and just you don't even have to bring up your differences just talk about randomly what your interests are that's all don't, 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 don't bring up the, the the politics or any of the other stuff like that. Like, keep that, keep that separate. Keep that, yeah, just enjoy a meal together. Well, uh, <laughs> this is uh, also <coughs> awkward. Chet, Verna, Alan, and Amy are, doesn't even look like anyone's, oh, they're eating something. Are they eating, are they starting dinner without the kids? Oh, I guess Chet is still under the impression he's still trying to hurry them along. As he's like, hey, you ready for your pie? And Alan's like, I just got my turkey. (laughs) Even Amy's like, "Uh, don't take this the wrong way because Verna's like stacking all their plates and tossing them in the trash. She's like, "Uh, shouldn't we wait for the kids? Oh, apparently it's a hunter tradition. Like, oh, the kids don't eat and it's time for pie. Crap. Alan's plastic... Fork broke, just as he was going to saw into his turkey slice. And was like, oh there goes my fork! What's that make now, three? And Verna brings a bag over from the kitchen counter that's just filled with, you know, plastic silverware. Which I'm pretty sure in Thanksgiving's past, that's usually like, yeah, just get your plastic silverware, you toss it out, that way it's one less dish you gotta wash. One less utensil. You know, those utensils over time they add up. In the sink. Maybe it's just trying to make boy conversation. Like, oh, you know, it's always nice to have a big bag of plastic forks around. Oh my god, I just I feel for all four of them because it is extremely uncomfortable and awkward. I just I remember the time that I went to my friend's house, and my dad came to pick me up and. Just, I'm getting ready to go, and just looking outside, and my dad is just trying to make conversation with my friend's father, and it's just not going well. And then just the fact that uh, on the way home, my dad is just like, you know, that, 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 your friend's dad. There, he's a he's a funny acting, isn't he? And my dad means funny acting by he would say kind of like odd, ah, different, just not yeah. Yeah, my my family was never gonna be friends with my friend's parents ever. And Alan's like, "Oh well," because he's digging his hand through that bag of plastic silverware looking for a fork. Like, oh, maybe this time I'll find a sturdier one. And Chet, of course, takes offense and says, "Or maybe you can go easier on the one you got." Like, oh, oh, this is so awkward.
2: Ready for your pie? I-I just got my
4: turkey. Um, uh, please don't take this the wrong way, but don't you think we ought to wait for the kids? It's a hunter thanksgiving tradition.
5: Kids don't eat, and it's time for pie. <laughs>
2: there yeah. goes my fork. What's that make, three? <laughs>
4: I have another. Oh, I guess it's good to have a big old bag of forks around. <laughs>
6: um,
2: well, uh, this time, I'm gonna try and find a sturdier one.
5: Or you could go easier on the one you got.
6: Chet,
2: you're right. Why waste another fork? I, I'm just going to use the little forky part of the one I got. The
4: forkhead. Chet, if our dinner guest is not comfortable with our plastic wear, I think it's only right we accommodate him with a regular metal fork.
5: Well, heck, why don't we just give everybody metal fork? Oh, Chet. Why?
6: No. Why, because our
5: forks don't match? Our forks don't match.
4: Who cares? Forks. You know, I remember so well that our forks and spoons didn't match when we were starting out. Amy. That
0: was probably the best. Chet,
2: Verna. Clearly, (laughs) this isn't working.
4: You guys went way out of your way for us, and we really appreciate it. I understand. It's not personal. Sometimes what's important to realize is some folks just don't blend together so well.
5: Yeah, we should just, uh, leave it that way. Doesn't make it
2: anybody's fault.
4: I'm sure the kids will understand. So,
0: you know, Alan doesn't take offense to, so like, maybe we should go easier on the one you got. He's like, you know what, you're right, Chet. I'm just gonna use this little, uh, fork, um, head here and, uh, And Verna's like, um, or you could get a regular fork. And uh, they bring up the fact that the metal forks don't match. And Amy's kind of adding insult to injury here when she says, Oh, you know, when Al and and I first got together when we were first married, our forks didn't match either. What does it matter if the forks match? A fork is a fork. You eat with it. If it doesn't match, boo-hoo. I got two sets of different types of forks and spoons and knives and whatnot in my cutlery drawer. And they don't match. Well, some of them do, but some of them don't. And it's like, who cares? It's, it's, a fork's a fork. A spoon's a spoon. And a knife is a knife. They don't gotta have the same image or the same pattern on them. But of course, you know, Verna does kind of, I don't know so much really take offense, but it just kind of hurts her feelings. Because Amy's like, oh, when my husband and I first got together we didn't have all the, you know, matching silverware. And it's like, uh, well, Verna and Chad have been together for a while. You make do with what you have. Don't be embarrassed by it. And that's another thing. Don't try to raise yourself to someone else's level. Just just don't, 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 don't compare yourselves either is another thing. Everyone has their own ways of how they do things and things, systems that work for them. So Alan brings up the fact they all know. He says, Chet, Verna, clearly this isn't working. And Verna even says, you know, we just kind of realize that there are just some people that don't, ju- they just don't mix well together. But the thing that I like about it, I know there's a saying. I don't know. I want to look it up right now because I know there's isn't it something like let and the child will lead them or let the child lead them or something like a a biblical, biblical verse or something. It says what does the Bible say about and a child shall lead them? So it's Isaiah eleven sixteen six 6 through 9. And it's the line... Let's see. It says, The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. And I think that fits well here with Corey and Sean coming together despite their differences and showing how they can sit down together and have a meal together and just all their differences set aside and they're just... They're friends. They don't care about one class or another class. They just care about each other. And Amy says to Chet and Verna, it's like, you guys went way out of your way for us and we really appreciate it. It's like they do appreciate it. And this is where Verna, I like how she pats Amy's hands and she says yes and that's you know when I, I realized that just some folks are just not meant to mix with the other. Oh, they're not meant to, they don't mix with each other so well and Chet kind of puts it out there I guess he's drinking a Miller beer and he's got a little purple umbrella in it he says yeah we should just leave it that way and Alan says it doesn't make it anyone's fault and Amy adds you know I'm sure the kids will understand so the guys are setting up the table with Morgan and Herman and you know Frankie everyone's the, you know there, the kids are all there is what I'm saying and both Corey and Sean are apologizing for how their families, their parents, have been acting towards each other. And Cory kind of... <laughs> there's his parents under the... Well, he feels like they've been acting like jerks. And Sean says, well, my parents didn't exactly go out of their way to make your parents feel welcome. And Sean thinks, that you know, this whole thing's a mistake. And Cory adds, well, why can't they just hang out together? I love what Frankie says here as he sets the turkey down. He says that adults are not narrow-minded by nature, and he adds how they can be set in their ways. and it, And it seems like with with children and everything, they play with whoever they want to play with. You know, no prejudice, no difference of race. No, they they'll play who with whoever they want to play with. And I'm just thinking how it feels like. Children learn these negative ways and the thoughts you know based on either their their parents teachings or or society and it's just it's sad because you know when kids are so young they're just they're so innocent and and stuff, and just they have no no hate, no anger in them, and just no no prejudice. They're not looking down on another person like they see each other as equals, and at some point in time, society and, you know, other things kind of get thrown into the mix, and kind of seem to start to shape a child's ideals of how they view other people like we have no differences now all of a sudden they start looking at different things of you know race and in class and for whatever reason it's it's sad that things have even gotten to be that way. But I like that these kids they're all coming together just of, and just sitting down and just eating a dinner together. And Herman, both he and Frankie speak this poetic, wise words just beautifully, beautifully. And he says, I'm, you know, basically but a child, but... says, I am yet but a youth, but it seems like they're set in their ways of disliking each other. And Frankie adds how they come from different worlds. Think of them as the Hutus and the UTis. You know, basically they'll draw upon the lesson that they, they learned in class. You know, these two tribes that are so very, very different, but they come together. One thing I'm guessing that it seems that it's always brought up right around Christmas time is... The, that, um, battle between... Yes, Christmas Eve, 1944, how singing Silent Night saved... American POWs during the Battle of the Bulge. Some even call it the Christmas Truce. Oh, wait, hold on a minute. There's one called the Christmas Truce of 1914. Hold on a second here. Let's see. Truth 1914. All right we go. The Christmas Truce occurred on and around Christmas Day 1914, when the sounds of rifles firing and shells exploding faded in a number of places along the Western Front during World War One in favor of holiday celebrations. The song is called Be- 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 Wood." By Garth Brooks, I'm just gonna the lyrics here. Oh, the snowflakes fell in silence. I know this is a Thanksgiving episode. This is about song about Christmas, but still. over Bella Wood that night, for a Christmas truce had been declared by both sides of the fight. As we lay there in our trenches, the silence broke into by a German soldier singing a song that we all knew. Though I did not know the language, the song was silent light. Silent night. Then I heard my buddy whisper, All is calm, all is bright. Then the fear and doubt surrounded me, Cause I'd die if I was wrong, But I stood up in my trench, And began to sing along. Then across the frozen battlefield, Another's voice joined in, Until one by one each man became a singer of the hymn. There's the hymn. Then I thought that I was dreaming, For right there in my sight stood the German soldier, neath the fallen flakes of white and he raised his hand and smiled at me as if he seemed to say here's hoping we both live to see us find a better way then the devil's clock struck midnight and the skies lit up again and the battlefield where heaven stood was blown to hell again but for just one fleeting moment the answer seemed so clear heaven's not beyond the clouds it's just beyond the fear no, heaven's not beyond the clouds. It's for us to find it here. This is such a good song. If you go on, um, if you go on YouTube and look up the song, Bella Wood, B-E-L-L-E-A-U, and then Wood, separate word, Garth Brooks, it will pop up. It's, su- it's such a beautiful song. I really, really like it. And Frankie gives a great speech here about living in hatred passed on from parent to child. Well, he says hatred and prejudice because it's of what they've grown accustomed to. (laughs) Of course, like, are we the only two people on this planet, Sean, that don't know who the Hutus and the Tootsies are? Feeny was just talking about it in class yesterday. Come on, guys. Come on. You guys should have been paying attention. It's not all about canned food drives. Sean tells Corey, you know, I think for once our ignor- uh, ignorance is working for us. And Corey, because the guys are setting up the picnic table, and Corey's like, what? So you think if we knew better, we wouldn't be friends? And Sean says, yeah. You know, I'm glad we don't know better. I love this. I Love this. I I love what Sean is saying and what Frankie said about how prejudice and hatred are passed on from parent to child because that's just what they've grown accustomed to. That children look to their parents for guidance and and understanding and kind of the way the world, you know, they see through their parents' eyes. And that behavior is, is learned and it's passed down because that's just what they're accustomed to. Where the point is eventually a kid's going to grow up and they're going to get into the real world. And they're going to eventually, hopefully, be able to shake up their parents' own opinions and form their own opinions of how they see the world and they see other people. And it's just, it's a cycle that needs to desperately be broken. But yeah, it's just the boys bring up a good point about the fact that if they listen to their parents and how their parents don't get along... Yeah, they're both right. They probably wouldn't be friends, but he, it's just, I, I I like that we're not. Uh, he says, I, "I I'm glad that we don't know better." And I I just I love this. I love this so so much. I love Corey and Sean's friendship. The kids are all basically sitting down to have Thanksgiving dinner with each other, and this is just a I love it so much. And, of course, Corey asks, like, are you sure this is okay? You know, with, you know, Luther, then probably I'll want them out of there. And Herman says, there is always room at our table. Good boy. Good young man right there. Oh, and who happens to be in the background? Luther. These are children. Don't you dare start anything.
3: (laughs) Tom, I'm really sorry about this whole thing. I mean, my parents have just been acting like jerks. Yeah, well, my parents didn't exactly go out of their way to make them feel welcome.
7: I guess this whole thing was just a mistake. You know, why can't they just hang out together? Adults are not narrow-minded by nature. They can, however, be set in their ways.
6: I am, but a callow youth, yet it seems to me a shame they should be set in the way of disliking each other.
7: They come from different worlds. Think of them as the Hutus and Tutsis, living with prejudice and hatred passed on from parent to child because it is what they've grown accustomed to. You know, are we the only two people on this whole planet who don't know who the Hutus and Tutsis are?
3: (laughs) You know, Corey, for once, I think our ignorance may be working for us. What, you mean if we
7: knew better, we wouldn't be friends?
1: Yeah, so I'm glad we don't know better.
7: Yeah, me too. Well, our table is in order. It is time to proceed with our holiday repast. Are you guys sure this is okay?
6: There's always room for more at our table.
0: Dude, don't you people dare start anything. Dare children.
7: It is our Thanksgiving custom to go around the table and let each person say what they are thankful for. (laughs) Then we eat? Then we eat. I'm thankful for that.
6: Next. <laughs>
7: More? Okay.
3: Um, I'm also thankful to be having Thanksgiving dinner with my brother and my sister and all my friends. And that I'm
7: taping the game. <laughs> next. I'm thankful for these guests and that we've been blessed with enough food to share with them. Herman?
6: I'm thankful to be sitting next to this delicate blossom was has won my heart. Dearest, I am for once thankful to be sitting at the kids' table.
3: Sean? I'm thankful that you're my friend. And I guess I'm thankful that my parents taught me to like people for who they are. Even if they weren't lucky enough to be raised that way themselves.
5: Well, I feel about two inches tall. Yeah. That's two inches taller than I feel.
4: Maybe we could all try this again. Be ashamed to waste all that cheese.
5: Hey, Lou. Why don't you join us here? We're we're having an emergency meeting of the human race. You all have uh, room for
3: us? Yeah. There's always room for more at our table.
0: the kids all sit down at the table and Frankie tells them first we're going to say what we're thankful for and then we eat. And (laughs) uh, Eric's like, well then I thank you for that. And Frankie just looks at him like, okay, you gotta do a little more than that. Come on. He's like, next. (laughs) And Eric just looks at Frankie and he's like, oh, you want me to say more? Okay as Eric's talking, we see Amy, Alan, Chet, and Verna kind of watching this kid's Thanksgiving dinner and being thankful take place. It's like, they're learning something from the kids. And Eric says, I'm thankful to be having Thanksgiving dinner with my brother and my sister and all my friends. Uh, and he adds, oh, also that I'm taping the game. I love how Frankie pats Eric on the shoulder. Frankie says I'm blessed for these guests and that we have enough food to share with them. Herman looks at Morgan with such love in his eyes and he says I am thankful to be sitting next to this delicate blossom who has won my heart. Oh my heart! Heart eyes! He calls her dearest! Morgan says I am for once thankful to be sitting at the kids table. And she says Sean? Sean looks at Corey and says, I'm glad that you're my friend. And Cory says, I'm thankful that my parents taught me to like people for who they are. And he adds, even if they weren't lucky enough to be raised that way themselves. And we cut to the parents and Alan's like, oh, I feel about two inches tall right about now. And Chad, uh, Chad, <laughs> Chad adds, I, it's about two inches taller than I feel right now. Amy asks, maybe we should try this again. And Verna's like, yeah, it'd be a shame to waste all that cheese. So, Chuck goes over to Luther and says, hey, Luth, why don't you join us? We're having an emergency meeting of the human race. And of course, Luther and whoever this man is, just, like, shake their heads and turn and walk away. It's like, well, that and then that's on them. Alan asks, is there room for us? And Corey turns and says, yeah. There's always room for more at our t- at our table. <laughs> I love how Alan pulls out a chair for Verna and Chet pulls out a chair for Amy. <laughs> I love how Sean and Corey clink glasses of punch. And Alan and Chet do the same thing and so do Amy and Verna. <laughs> so of course Before we get to the credits, we get to see the end scene and see how the guys' papers turned out. He says, like, all of these were above average. And notice that he skipped Sean. As Sean's like, hey, what, I don't get mine? Did you recycle it already? And Feeney does a little, you know, crooking the finger like, come up here, please. Like, there's a reason why he didn't give Sean his paper. And as Sean is going up to get his paper, he's like, oh... You can't just shame me publicly. You gotta brave heart me right here. And Feeney asks, I simply want to ask if you would like to read your paper to the class. And we see on the chalkboard behind him, it says, Understanding the World. So Sean starts reading his paper about how he spent his Thanksgiving with the Hutus and the Tutsis. And Sean continues, which is a real surprise to me because I live in Philadelphia. And he says that I thought that those class differences only happened in undeveloped countries. Oh, prejudice based on class differences only happened in undeveloped countries. So Sean turns to Mr. Fiend like, is that enough? And getting Vertigo from standing up here facing the class. Oh, he has Sean continue his paper. And Sean continues with, and I discovered even in my own civilized country that people can be just as undeveloped and cruel. And he says, and more importantly, and the thing that gives me hope, that as long as the children are educated about the dangers of prejudice, intolerance, that perhaps there will be a reason for Thanksgiving in the future. And Mr. Feeney takes Sean's paper, and he says, this is the best work you have ever done, Mr. Hunter. And I like how... Feeney kind of scratches his chin like, hmm, C minus? And (laughs) Sean is just like, all right. He gives Sean an A plus. It's probably his first, one of his first. And Sean is just so shocked and just, he's got, he's at a loss for words. Like, you take that, you take that A, son. You earned it, Sean. Congratulations. And that's me talking here, everybody. He definitely did deserve that. A. Hey. Fanny says, I'm as shocked as you are. And I love as Sean's walking back to his seat. Cory's like, all right, Sean, A+. And Sean is like, oh, bummed up. He's like, hey, I'm better than you are now.
1: <laughs> By and large, your papers were above average. <laughs> Very good work.
3: What, don't I get mine? Did you recycle it already? you can't just fail me privately you gotta heart, me up here
1: I simply wondered if you would mind reading your paper to the class starting here
3: Okay. this past week I spent Thanksgiving with the Hutus and the Tutsis which was a real surprise to me because I live in Philadelphia and I thought that kind of prejudice based on class differences only happened in undeveloped countries Is that enough? I'm getting vertigo for facing this way in the room. (laughs) Come come on. But I discovered that even in my very own civilized country, people can be just as undeveloped and just as cruel. But more importantly, and the thing that gives me hope, is that as long as the children are educated about the dangers of prejudice and intolerance, then perhaps there will be a reason for thanksgiving in the future.
1: That's the best work you've ever done, Mr. Hunter. Uh, C-minus. All right.
6: A-plus.
0: <laughs> Damn right. Congratulations.
1: I'm as shocked as you are. <laughs>
6: hey,
3: Sean, a plus I'm better than you are now.
0: All right. Well, that was the episode. I... Loved this episode. I got teared up towards the end w- with everyone sitting at the picnic table, and just it was so beautiful. And there's the what they were thankful for, and everything, and just the al- adults learning from the kids. It just really warmed my heart and it gave me hope. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this. And I'm looking forward to covering a very Topanga Christmas for December. And I just want to say, just everyone, please be careful out there. Be safe out there. Use precautions. And I know that this isn't an ideal situation that we're in right now. But I, I want to have faith and hope that maybe in a year or two, we'll find some sense of normalcy again. That we'll be able to sit down with our families and friends together and just be thankful well, that we're, we we still have one another and everything and we just keep trudging on every day to make the best of of what we have in this world that we all have each other
6: <sighs> everyone have a happy thanksgiving bye bye